everyone. Welcome to the It Hurts Mom podcast. I'm Lauren Rose, and today I'm again with Jonathan Tanksley, a kinesiologist and massage therapist who's been in the spinal rehabilitation business for the last 10 years. He has so much to say. We had to split it into two podcasts. So if you heard last week, you heard him talk a lot about the deep core and the spinal engine. And today we're actually talking about um, how being a mom and, and childbirth affects the body. So let's just start at the beginning. Let's talk about childbirth. What does childbirth, just regular you know, childbirth, do to a woman's core and spine? Hmm, well, I think that's a wonderful question for your audience um, because we have to remember how everything works in that pelvic basin. So you have your pelvis at the bottom of it, you've got some muscles that are responsible for preventing incontinence. They, they, they hold the organs up so that the organs are not pressing down on the sphincters. Um, on top of that, when your core pulls in, that's how you create pressure in your abdomen to create stability through the lumbar spine and pelvis. So when you're, when you're, when you're having a baby and that baby starts to grow, you're getting some space filled up in that, in that belly region, in that thorax region. Okay, so that's expanding. Okay, so, so what happens to the organs? Well, the organs get pressed down into that pelvic basin. Okay, so, so, so the muscles that prevent incontinence are the same muscles that play a role in orienting the pelvis, lumbar spine, rib cage, diaphragm system. It's kind of the same system. Neurologically, when one activates, they all activate. So if, you're, if your pelvic floor is being stretched out because now you have this baby pushing your organs down into your pelvic basin just constantly, right, you're going to stretch those muscles out. So we talked a little bit about last podcast how if the muscles get stretched out, they stop working. They stop turning on. Or by that same very token, if the muscle becomes too short, if the origin and the insertion comes too close together, the muscle will stop working, okay? So when you're, when you're pregnant, you're stretching out that pelvic floor and you are, in essence, lengthening those muscles, which makes those muscles not function well. So the question is, what does childbirth do to a woman's core and spine? Well, for the months leading up, to the actual birthing process. Like, let's not even look at the fact that during birth, you can, you can very easily rip, et cetera, et cetera. You're stretching all of those muscles out, okay? And we talked about if a muscle's overstretched, it doesn't work very well, right? And so that's why they say, hey, do your kegels after your childbirth, right? Make sure right. you do your kegels, like so important, right? But it's like, why? And that's because childbirth, the whole process, not just the birthing itself, with the months and months leading up to it, which is why you end up with SI joint pain and back pain and all this stuff going on during birth a lot of times mm -hmm. um, is because that system is being inhibited because that belly or that baby rather, excuse me, is pushing down into the pelvic base and stretching those muscles out. So what does it do? It destabilizes the lumbar spine. It, it puts the pelvis out of position. It, 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 that's what it does. It, it it turns off the very system that stabilizes and orients the lumbar spine and pelvis. So quick anecdote, just um, unrelated to the spine and pelvis, but we were talking, you were just talking about how the baby just presses all the organs down, right? During 
uh, well, when I was 23, I had um, a spontaneous um, pneumothorax, so a collapsed lung on my left side. Apparently I was born with a bubble in my uh, on top of my lung. So they, they cut the bubble off and stapled my lung to my chest wall. But then when I was pregnant, because of all that pressure, my lung actually collapsed a little bit again, twice. <laughs> so collapsed once at seven months and then it healed. And then at eight months it collapsed a little bit again. So there's, I can attest to definitely, you know, why carrying a baby, especially in those later months your organs are definitely getting compressed. So what about those of us who had C-sections? Well, same thing. Same thing as any mother. Um, only now the layers of your abdominals have a scar in them. You, they were cut through. So those are inhibited. Those are out the window, right? You got to get rid of the scar tissue there. We use some supplements that, uh, that eat scar tissue, um, actually derived... Okay from silkworm saliva uh, to eat fibrin buildup in the system uh, oh, wow. so that you can get rid of the scar tissue and get that tissue healthy and functional again. So number one, got to get rid of the scar tissue, massage and enzyme therapy for that. And then number two, uh, deep core function restoration. And then the other piece of that is, hey, I need to learn to connect with these muscles neurologically right? I need to do my kegels. I need to build a better mind-muscle connection and energize those neural pathways to those muscles so that it's easier to activate those muscles. But on top of that, it's like, yeah, isolation and restoring mind-muscle connection to the muscles below the belly button and that run to the pubic bone. That region right there should activate when you kegel and pull in your abdomen. You should feel work there. And that's what you're going to be missing if you had a cesarean section, because that's right where they that's right where that scar is. Um, so that's step one, isolation. Learn to connect to those muscles. Learn to connect. Step two would be integration. Okay. So if we only isolate, 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 and we never integrate by engaging the system when you're squatting and lunging and bending and walking and reaching for something on the cabinet or out of the cabinet, rather, or when you're carrying your baby, et cetera, I mean, if you're not engaging the system, this is the very system that creates what we call intra-abdominal pressure. And the intra-abdominal pressure mechanism is the belly pulling in, pushing the organs up into the tendons of the diaphragm that attach to L1 to 3, and that pulls the force off of the lumbar spine and alleviates between 12 and 36% of the compressive force at L4 and L5. So if you're bending and squatting and lunging and doing all these mommy things, but your deep core, A, is inhibited neurologically, meaning you don't know how to connect to those muscles anymore because you had a cesarean section or you were never properly rehabbed to get your mind-muscle connection back after birth and the muscles got all stretched out and you never did your kegels properly, or even if you did and you didn't reintegrate it into your movement patterns, then that intra-abdominal pressure mechanism is not going to be active when you're bending over, picking up your baby, carrying it on a hip, et cetera, et cetera. And that's the very system that, again, this is what the research shows, alleviates between 12 and 36% of the compressive force at L4 and L5. It comes from the pelvic floor contracting and the abdominals pulling up and in, lifting the viscera up into the rib cage, up into the diaphragm, which then takes the pressure off the lung, 
you blow the air out, the lung gets smaller, the heart rotates back up, the head goes back on top of the shoulders. Like that's the that's the system. That's the deep core system. So intra-abdominal pressure is going to be lost if you had C-section. And then you have to restore my muscle connection and then integrate that into your movement patterns at a very low level of load. So for somebody whose system is now inhibited, we have to like, that's the system that protects your back when you do a deadlift, for instance, like a heavy deadlift. If you don't have that system engaged, you're going to blow a disc over time. But that's what protects it, is that intra-abdominal pressure mechanism. So when you have all this load going through your body, that belly pulls in, the diaphragm gets pulled up, the diaphragm attaches to the lumbar spine, takes the pressure off the disc, because it pulls the spine vertically towards the ribcage. So... The name of the game is isolation to integration of that deep core if you've had a cesarean section so that you can restore uh, pelvic and lumbar stability as well as alignment and decompression. I have never heard of a woman who has been told either after regular childbirth or a C-section that they need to go and rehab their, their deep core and, and those muscles do doctors just not know this? Do they not think it's important? Well, now we're now we're opening the can of worms, aren't we? Um, Sorry. <laughs> so let's go down that rabbit hole briefly, right? Because this is a serious topic, and mothers everywhere are suffering post birth, um, mm -hmm. and they don't need to, and they they do need proper rehabilitation after childbirth and after cesarean section. So it's an important topic to address. Um, now, the thing about the medical industry, and I'm not knocking the medical industry as a whole, I'm going to preface this by saying, hey, emergency medicine saves lives. It does, right? Sure. 100%. We all know that, right? But what I found is, in my roughly 30 years on this earth, is that the medical industry is so zoomed in on one particular thing that they forget to see everything around that one particular thing. So they know right. more and more about something and they know less and less about everything, if that makes sense. So if you're worried oh, yeah. about childbirth, for instance, it's like, okay, we have the baby coming down the canal, we get the baby out, we cut the cord, we do our baby stuff. I'm not a, a childbirth doctor, obviously, but <laughs> <laughs> it's not to say that some doctors don't know this stuff, right? It's not to say that either. It's not to say that some physical therapists don't know this stuff, right? The question is, hey, why have I not heard of this? And it's because not everybody knows the same stuff, right? Um, even though the medical system is relatively standardized, but there's all this continuing education that occurs after you finish if you want to be a top doctor. And, um, you know, that's each provider's journey as they're own professional self. So if the question is, why haven't I heard of this? Why is this not more mainstream? The answer would be because not everybody knows it because they're so zoomed in on a particular thing. They're not seeing everything else. That's my no, opinion, at least. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. I mean, I've got a ton of specialists and I've still got several problems that nobody can figure out. So what am I doing this week? I'm going to see a functional medicine doctor because she's going to look at the whole system, the whole body, you know, as one and not a particular, you know, 
not a particular area that she's specialized in. So I'm curious to see how that's gonna go. Um, so what about just stretching or exercising? Is that gonna do anything for us? Well, the answer is to stretch and exercise, right? If you're dealing with intercore inhibition, if you're dealing with scar tissue in the abdominal wall, that's the answer is stretching and exercise. But if you stretch an unstable system, you're just going to create further instability, right? Or if you go and you do planks, but this deep system is neurologically inhibited because you no longer have that mind-muscle connection, you're not going to do any favors for yourself because you're strengthening the fast twitch muscles of the abdominal wall, which are responsible for growth, stability, and movement rather than the slow twitch muscles, which is what the deep abdominal wall is comprised of that are responsible for orientation and stability as their primary function. So if the question is, hey, does stretching and exercise help? Sometimes is the answer. It has to be the right stretching and exercise, paying attention to the right acute exercise variables, such as sets, reps, loads, tempos, and rest periods. For instance, the pelvic floor, and just take that muscle group, it's part of the deep core. You have to identify and correct each component of the deep core, but the pelvic floor, for instance, primarily comprised of slow twitch muscle fibers. Those slow twitch muscle fibers require at least 130 seconds of time under tension in order to get a conditioning effect. So if you're doing kegels and you're doing kegels for a minute on a minute off, that doesn't cut it, right? If you're doing, you're doing that, that, that won't work. And then on top of that, there's another reason why that won't work. And that's because the, the, the transversus abdominis and the multifidus and the diaphragm should all co-contract. And if you're neurologically inhibited in the transversus abdominis, but you're doing your kegels, it doesn't fix the system as a whole. It might strengthen the pelvic floor, but it doesn't address the system as a whole. You still have to hit that transversus abdominis, maybe the multifidus up and down the lumbar spine need to be corrected as well. So if the answer is, or if the question is, does stretching and exercise help? Yes, if it's the right program, targeting the right things with the right sets, reps, loads, tempos, and rest periods. And that requires a tremendous understanding of how the human body works as a whole, particularly around the deep core, um, because we have to recognize the organs are rotated with that contraction, we have to recognize breathing is affected by that contraction. Cardiovascular system is supported by that contraction. So we have to understand how it interplays into everything else. Um, so does stretching and exercise help? Yes, that is the answer. Stretching and exercise is the answer. Okay. Um, so how do we get the correct stretching and exercise program? Well, you have to find somebody who knows what they're doing. Um, mm -hmm. So... You know, I broke my leg, for instance, and I didn't walk for three months, um, which is, you know, that's then I had a couple surgeries to fix it and had a rod put in my leg and all this stuff. And I asked my orthopedic surgeon, I said, hey, do I need to do any PT after this? No, you'll be good. You'll be fine. Right. <laughs> so and I'm like 19 at the time. Right. And I'm, I love basketball. I love all, you know, fitness. I love exercise. Right. And so I jumped back into everything full speed. Right. And I quickly noticed that my hip was like rotating out when I was running on a treadmill and that had never happened before. And I was like, hmm, this doesn't add up. This isn't normal. Mm -hmm. So I went to a chiropractor 
And, you know, he says, oh, you have this postural syndrome, upper cross, lower cross, which is, you know, it means tight hip flexors, tight low back muscles, your chest is down and forward, et cetera, et cetera. And he's, you know, absolutely correct. So, hey, I'll see you three times a week, you know, and we'll, we'll do these exercises and we'll do these chiropractic adjustments and you'll be fine in, you know, a month to three months, right? And it's, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, cool. I'm in, right? 100%. I still, I met my deductible for my surgeries. It's totally free. 100%. Awesome. I got everything I need. Nope. Right. Because he wasn't treating the deep core. So he sees the symptoms, which are tight muscles and postural misalignment, but he's not addressing the system properly. I had scar tissue in my muscles because I didn't walk for three months. Right. Right? So now my muscles are no longer contracting and stretching well. So I would do, I would hold a quad stretch, but I would feel no stretch in the tissue. I would do my Y's and T's, but I would feel no contraction in my muscles because they were full of scar tissue mm-hmm. and I couldn't generate any stability in the system because I had just not walked for three months. The body operates on the least energy principle, meaning that if you don't use it, your body says, oh, we don't need that. Let's not worry about giving that energy. We have more important things like digestion, elimination, detoxification, et cetera, to worry about. So least energy principle is what the body operates on. If you can get away with not doing it, the body says, nah, don't worry about that. We're good. We don't need it, right? We obviously don't need it because he's not even walking. So why keep those muscles uh, fit? So I lost the deep core because I didn't walk for three months. And even it was questionable if I had it prior to that, but that's not the point. The point is that I worked to get my deep core functioning after spending years getting a runaround from chiropractors and physical therapists and people who are supposed to know how to rehab somebody. Mm-hmm. So where do you get the right program? <laughs> That's a good question. Well, you can always contact me. I work online, right? Um, awesome. I, I had a practice for nine years in person, and then I brought my practice online last year. So okay. you can always talk to me. Um, as for where can I find somebody else locally who understands how to rehab the system? Well, there's a lot of people out there who, who say, hey, this is tight. This is weak. Let's fix it. So you would want to find one of those people. The question is, do they understand how to cue you neurologically such that you're not just holding the posture or the position or the exercise and you're actually feeling the contractions in the right place? That is what is going to differentiate success from failure. Hmm. Okay, so if you're doing, you, you see bird dogs, for instance, very commonly prescribed from chiropractors or physical therapists. But if you're not feeling your pelvic floor and your deep core, then you're not getting the effect they want you to get. So unless they're cueing you properly, they're saying, hey, focus on contracting this muscle while you do this exercise, Mm -hmm. then you need to find somebody else. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. And I'm right here, by the way. So there's that. (laughs) No, I love that you're online. That's really helpful for my listeners because I've got, I mean, I've got listeners in other countries besides America. So that's that's awesome. Um, And then just for personal information since this is my podcast and I can ask whatever I want um so so, uh when my daughter was three I had a c-section um because of my lung collapse um my OB-GYN was afraid that my lung might collapse again pushing during childbirth so we did we scheduled a c-section and I didn't do any rehab because I didn't know that was a thing and um, about three years after my daughter was born, we took her to the zoo and she was running off a lot. So I was chasing after her a lot. And after that trip to the zoo, I mean, that evening, 
I felt like I had fractured my spine in my L5 S1 areas. So um, I eventually ended up at a rheumatologist and, you know, so a physical therapist and some other doctors. And, you know, one doctor thought because I've got spondyloarthropathy and degenerative disc disease that maybe the running had put so much force on my spine that it was causing me pain. And one doctor thought, um, well, maybe I had twisted um, because I walk, my, my gait's kind of messed up. I walk with a limp um, onto my left side. And I'm just curious, do you think that having a C-section and not doing the proper rehab might have, con might have contributed to that L5-S1 pain? Well, that is a good question. And there are far-reaching implications of the answer to that because you could say, hey, that's malpractice. My doctor should have known that I needed rehab after my cesarean section to restore my abdominal wall, to create a abdominal pressure, to take load off of my L5-S1 so that I didn't herniate it and to take care of my disc, right? So there's far-reaching implications to that question, right? Uh, the answer is absolutely. <laughs> okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. That is the answer to your question. I never would have thought to even ask that until we, we started talking, um, especially about, you know, childbirth and C-sections and how that really affects the spine and the deep core. So I, I, I think that's just a really interesting possibility that maybe it was from the C-section because I'm, I'm pretty um, sedentary. So that was probably the first time I'd been running really, or, you know, putting a lot of force on my spine in a, a few years. So interesting so um anything else before we wrap up um i think we covered most of what mothers need to know after childbirth um and that is hey you have to get that deep core functional again um, to create decompression through your lower spine to orient your pelvis to help you breathe to help you do a lot of different things, digest, eliminate, ability to think rationally when you're dealing with stress. There's a lot of reasons that mothers need attention because these, these things are not being addressed at a widespread level. Right. Uh, so I'm very happy to be here today to let mothers know the, the far-reaching implications and the hidden trials of motherhood. Mm -hmm. um, because at the end of the day, this is the very system that keeps you alive in essence, rotates your organs and helps you breathe and digest food and orient joints. And so I think it's really important that we're here having this conversation so people can get the information they need instead of getting a runaround by chiropractors and physical therapists and doctors who are saying, hey, you're dealing with anxiety because you have this going on over here, you need this medication, or you're dealing with uh, back pain and degenerative disc because uh, that's the way it is. Like there's nothing we can do. We, you did your PT, but the question is, did that PT fix the right problem? Right. So uh, you did mention earlier um, how moms, you know, we carry our babies around on our hips. So I would always carry my daughter on my left side so I could have my right arm and right hand to be doing other things. So what does that do? And is there, I mean, do we need to be switching hips? What does that do to a body? And what, what's the solution to? Well, good question. So if you are carrying a child on your left hip, you are going to hike your left hip and you're going to be pressing into the ground with your right leg. Okay. 
Coolio. So in a person with a functional core, that will create a, a strength imbalance from left to right and a hip hike in the system, which will then affect a lot of different things. Now, if you don't have a deep core, it gets even worse because now you can't decompress that hip hike and you're getting massively compressed on one side of your spine. Okay, so that person is going to deal with a posterior lateral disc bulge as soon as they go and they run around. As soon as they do that, they're going to blow a disc if they don't have a deep core. Um, secondarily to that, even if I were to hold a child on my hip for an extended period of time, it would on in favor of one side, it would create an imbalance in the system and I would have a hip hike, even though I'm right. very functional. So what I would want to do, if I'm carrying my child on my left hip, first of all, you got to have deep core restored. Before you ever stand up, if you are standing and walking without a deep core, you already are creating a lot of issues and a lot of joint degeneration for yourself because that's what posturally orients everything. So if you're missing deep core function, your joints lose the optimal axis of rotation and you get massive compression, torsion, and shear forces that wear out the joints, okay? So step one, if you're a mother, restore mind-muscle connection to the system and then engage that system when you're doing things around the house or playing with the baby, et cetera, et cetera. So you kaggle and you pull in that core. So that would be a step in the right direction. Now, if you're dealing with hip hike stuff, kaggle and pull in your core and make sure you feel the lower abdominals working, whichever leg you're standing on, you feel the butt cheek on that side, right? If you always carry them on your left hip, you're going to develop a left hip hike. You're going to need to stretch. And if I were you, well, you can listen to this back. So, <laughs> so if, you have a, if you have a left hip hike, it's going to create a left to right imbalance in the system. So that person, they have a left hip hike, would want to stretch their right adductor magnus. They would want to stretch their right TFL. Their left quadratus lumborum. They would want to stretch their left rectus femoris, their right calf. Uh, they would want to work on uh, stretching and releasing their left lat and strengthening their right lat. They would want to work on stretching their neck to hmm. the right, side bending and rotating it, or excuse me, if they have a left hip bike, side bending and rotating their neck to the left with stretch techniques that you can you can look up or talk to a chiropractor or your local provider for, but you would want to release everything rotating and side flexing to the right, if, or excuse me, to the left if you have a left hip hike. Okay? okay. So it puts a rotation through the system. So you have a holding pattern that's holding you in that left hip hike from head to toes. And so you have to release that and then strengthen the other side after deep core function has been restored, after lower abdominal strength has been restored, after chest strength, believe it or not, that's something you have to fix is you have to get your two arm pressing fixed where you feel your left pec muscle and your right pec muscle and your left triceps and your right triceps. That has to be restored as well before you ever get into fixing a hip hike problem, because that wow. is the order in which things have to be done in order to actually fix the problems. So you can't just say, oh, I have a hip hike. I need to stretch and strengthen one side versus the other. Sometimes it is that simple, but it's rarely that simple. Most of the time it's, hey, I have to restore my deep core. I have to strengthen up my chest. I have to strengthen my lower abs. And then I can really strengthen one of my glutes relative to the other. Okay. So I guess we can wrap up. I think it's obvious that you know exactly what you're doing and you know the body inside and out. So I would encourage anybody who's having any kind of problems to, to contact you. So let us know where we can find you. 
Right. Um, you can find me online. Um, my name on Facebook. I have my company logo as my profile picture. You can find me on my website at xfactorprime.ptenhance.app. Um, those, those are two places that you can contact me pretty easily. You can send me an email or a message to my page. Either way, we do work online and I can give you the coaching and plan that you need and execute that plan better than, well, I don't want to have too big of an ego, but in a, in a fashion <laughs> that will, will certainly get you where you need to be. Awesome. And you can find me at ithurtstomom.com and at ithurtstomom on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I wish everybody a blessed day.